Welcome to the Copper Eyes podcast, where we talk about breast cancer specifically in Black communities. Consider this a safe platform to get relatable and empowering perspectives on breast cancer. You will hear personal stories from survivors, you will learn about how you can access support, and also hear perspectives on the role of faith in medicine from medically trained faith leaders. My name is Mercy Ofuya, and I am your host. Hi, I'm so excited to welcome you to the very first episode of the Copper Rice podcast. It's so great to have you here today. My name is Mercy Ofuya, and on today's episode, I'll be sharing on why our breast health is important and the background to Copper Rice, the breast cancer project. So you see, we're on a mission to change the narrative of breast cancer in Black communities. So we decided to create a platform where we can learn facts about breast cancer and, you know, also allow people to share their stories and perspectives and primarily just to encourage open discussions or conversations generally about the disease in our communities. So now I'll just give you some context as to how I went from working as a medical statistician to advocating on breast cancer. So you see, last year, a friend of mine died of cancer, um, just about within a year of being diagnosed. And when it happened, I started to wonder about, you know, I started to think about other people I had known who had passed away due to cancer. Also, you know, within a year of when they were diagnosed, so it seemed like a similarly short um, period of time. And I kept wondering, um, was this merely a coincidence or was there actually some sort of pattern here? So I started searching for information online. And then, well, given that there are more than 200 different types of cancer, over time I focused on breast cancer. Now you may be wondering, why have we decided to focus on breast cancer in black communities? Well, in that case, I have a question for you too. What do we know about breast cancer? And why is it important to me? And why is this important to you as an adult? Okay, firstly, did you know that more than 70% of all cancer deaths occur in low and middle income countries? And that breast cancer is the leading cause of cancer deaths among women in low income countries. So if you take, for example, a country like Nigeria, which is the most populous country in Africa with over 180 million people, more than 37% of cancer deaths among women is due to breast cancer in that country. Now, interestingly, the proportion or percentage of new breast cancer cases over a given period of time is actually lower in low-income countries compared with developed countries. Yet, the death rates due to the disease are higher in low-income countries. Now, just stay with me for a moment. Did you know that majority of breast cancer patients in low-income countries, that is more than 50% of them, first report their symptoms to the clinic when the disease is at the late stage or at the advanced stage. Okay, picture this. In a country like Nigeria, more than 70% of breast cancer patients first present in the clinic in the advanced stage or when the disease has already spread to other parts of their body. And by this time, the available treatment may have less benefit and the patient may end up having poorer outcomes. Evidence shows us that in the UK, more than 70% of breast cancer patients survive for more than 10 years after treatment. Now, while this sounds really promising, majority of those who have poorer outcomes 
are women from black and minor ethnic groups. So you see, there appears to be a similar pattern in black women, whether they live in developed countries or those and those living in um, developing countries. And at the same time, similar factors or reasons have been stated for why these women delay in seeking medical help when they first notice symptoms on their breasts. I am a black woman. I was born and raised in Nigeria by middle-class parents. And I remember one day when I was about eight years old, my mom said to me, your father does not have a house or property that you will inherit if anything should happen to him today. So know that your education is all that you really get from us, so take it seriously. And I have never forgotten those words. I have studied and, you know, worked hard, like most people, to just try to achieve my dreams, from completing undergraduate degree in Nigeria to studying for a PhD in the UK. And after that, I had the opportunity to work in cancer research, and I got to see the advancement being made in this field. And I acknowledge that there's so much to be done in the developing world, and that women need to be empowered to make timely informed decisions to seek medical help early. And we need to work together to address the barriers to early detection of the disease. So for me, these aren't just numbers and statistics. Well, yes, my specialty is statistics. And I can go on and on and on. And but then I realized that it is important for us to reflect on the fact that every number has a name that we may or may never know. And that every number has a whole identity and personality behind it. And every one of these names has a dream, wishes and aspirations. And every one of them has a story. Now I acknowledge the fact that we can't just group all black women together and assume that they are all similar in every way. For instance, we have to acknowledge the cultural differences between black women from different parts of the world, even across African continent. There are also cultural differences even within the same country in Africa. Pick anyone, for example. Now, although these differences may appear to be subtle, they are very important to those who identify with them. And these differences make our world rich and beautiful. And we have to acknowledge them as we work to address these barriers to early detection and the poor outcomes that we observe. Because there is no one size fits all. Yes, it is more complex than that. And as I mentioned earlier, for those either living in either their home countries or in the diaspora, similar factors or reasons have been stated for why they delayed going to a clinic or hospital when they first noticed symptoms on their breasts. And some of these include, you know, that lack of awareness of breast cancer or the lack of knowledge of the risk factors. So you see, there's a perception that it does not affect black people. And this is not true. Yes, black, breast cancer does affect black people. Then there's lack of knowledge of the symptoms of the disease. So you see, although the lump is the most common symptom, there are other symptoms such as pain, a change or change in feel or appearance of the breast or even in their armpits. So in the next episode of this show, a medical expert will be on to discuss the, design, the signs, you know, uh, the symptoms and the risk factors, as well as steps we need to take in seeking medical help and support if we notice any changes or any symptoms in our breasts.
Now, another reason that is given is the fear of a breast cancer diagnosis and perception of this as a death sentence. And to be realistic, this cuts across various cultures all over the world. Nevertheless, evidence shows that the chances of surviving breast cancer are high if it is detected and treated early. Now, if we look further, then there's the societal and cultural stigma, which makes it hard for people to speak about it, even to close family or friends, or even those in, you know, within a person's inner circle, and even makes, them, makes it difficult for them to walk to the clinic for fear of who will recognize them there. What will people say? What will my family think? How will they see me now? See, some years ago, I had a miscarriage. And after the nurse called me to give me the news, I was screaming in my head. Even though I was only about seven weeks pregnant, it felt, it was real to me. And it hurt very deeply. Yet, even in that pain, I couldn't really speak about it to close friends. For fear of, oh, what would they think? I felt ashamed and quite frankly, I blamed myself. You see, sometimes our culture doesn't seem to give room for people to speak out about their pain. Or to speak out about one's hurt. And then sometimes even more shame and blame is heaped on those who try to speak out. So let me ask you. Yes, I want to ask you. How do we destigmatize breast cancer in our communities and begin to have open discussions about the disease? How do we do this notwithstanding our heritage? How do we change the narrative? Now, another reason that is given is a person's faith and how this could largely influence a person's decision, you know, with respect to seeking medical help or starting treatment after a diagnosis. And in this case, it's sometimes, while some people, you know, may believe that there's no point in going to the hospital to face the possibility or, of a diagnosis such that, you know, they view it as fatalistic. So, you know, you just, and are resigned to the fact that, look, this is their fate and this is their destiny and there's no re reason to do anything about it. There are also those who feel that getting treatment will contradict their faith. And, you know, in some way, treat having faith and taking medication or going for treatment if they're actually diagnosed as being somewhat mutually exclusive. And even, and sometimes within some communities, there's the fear of being looked down on by people who, you know, who they know closely because they feel that they may be judged for receiving treatment rather than relying on the tenets of their faith. And another reason for why people may not seek help, seek help early is financial costs. They may not want to go to the clinic or hospital because they can't afford it. And this refers particularly to developing countries where people have to pay out of their pockets for consultation. Yes, consultation. And diagnostic tests and treatment if needed. And even this cost may be in addition to having to pay for childcare and other living costs. In fact, just the thought of the possibility of these financial implications may result in delay in taking even the first step to seek help or to go to see a doctor. 
or sometimes even starting treatment if they perceive that their jobs and welfare of their family will be adversely affected. So let's just take a moment and think. Let's think about this. As an individual, what influences your decisions in a general sense or specifically in the context of your health? What or who constitutes your support system? And then if and when you do need to speak with someone in confidence, who can you speak to? Think about that for a moment. Okay, now let's let's flip that for a bit. Let's let, let's flip that. Do those close to you have your ear? Will you make room and give support when needed? And that is without any form of judgment or bias. Realistically, you know, you can't, you may not be able to give support to everyone who needs it or even all the people you're in contact with. However, you can start with one person and then be intentional about it. And in so doing, with each one of us starting with one person, we can begin to form a ripple effect. Now, evidence shows that early detection and timely treatment saves lives because it increases the chances of survival. This message has been echoed by medical experts, survivors, and advocates through the years, and we have to keep saying it. Check your breasts regularly such as, you know, once a month, so that you become conversant with your breasts and what they look like and what they feel like. You need to know your own normal because every person's normal is different. If you notice any change, please don't keep it to yourself. Go and see a doctor. So you see, if you know what is normal for you, you will be able to notice any change and quickly report it. In the next episode, we will hear from a medical doctor who will discuss the symptoms, risk factors, and treatment, and what steps one needs to take if you notice any change in your breasts. We will also discuss the importance of regular checks and early detection. So you see, at Copperize, we recognize that in reality, there is no single shade of pink. There are many shades of pink because no two experiences are the same. And this platform will give an opportunity for Black people of various backgrounds and demographics to share their stories and perspectives on breast cancer. So as part of our mission to support linkage to care, we'll also promote information on organizations and charities who provide support to breast cancer patients and survivors. Although breast cancer is rare in men, this message is for men too. Every man is connected to a woman in his life. We're all intertwined within and between our communities. And as we put one foot in front of the other, let us join our hands and form links to forge ahead and help each other up in seeking help, in reporting any change we may observe in our breasts. Let us work together in fulfilling our vision to empower black women to seek medical help early 
and make timely informed decisions on their breast health. So remember, check your breasts regularly. Know your normal. Thank you for joining us this week on the Copperize podcast. I hope you have found today's show to be informative. Be sure to visit our website at www.copperize.org where you can find out more about us. Do subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Copperize. Feel free to use our hashtag Copperize to join the conversation on social media. Thank you for listening and see you in two weeks. Please note that these are personal stories and perspectives and should in no way take the place of your doctor's recommendations. Thank you.